This is episode 290 of the Read to Lead podcast, and it's brought to you in part by our friends at FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Software. You'll get access to all of FreshBooks features when you take it for a test drive right now, free for 30 days. Find out more at freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section. You're a full-time entrepreneur. You're responsible for everything. You're now responsible for your schedule. You've got to be motivated. If you haven't built a team yet, or let's say you're working from home, it can get lonely. Hello and welcome to the Read to Lead podcast. I'm Jeff, and this is the podcast dedicated to your personal and professional growth. For a long time, I have believed that if you desire to achieve true success in your business and in your life, then intentional and consistent reading is a must. I'm here to help you narrow this ever-important reading list and help bring you the key insights and main ideas from some of today's most successful and inspiring authors. I'm excited to say that today it's two authors for the price of one. We'll be joined momentarily by husband and wife team Tom and Ariana Sylvester, authors of the book Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Quit Your Job, and Live Your Ideal Lifestyle. I'll be asking them to share about how to purposely plan for the kind of lifestyle you want to live, the difference between taking the leap and laying out your runway, some of the pitfalls you need to watch out for throughout this process, and plenty more. I want to recommend to you an awesome podcast, a podcast I've been invited on. Uh, We keep rescheduling the interview. We'll get that uh, squared away eventually, I'm sure. But it's called The Productivityist Podcast, a time management and personal productivity talk show. And it's hosted by my friend, Mike Vardy. It's a weekly show discussing tips, tools, tactics, and tricks that's designed to help you take your productivity, time management, goals, to-do lists, habits, and workflow to new heights, both at work and at home. If you need to focus your efforts on getting the right things done and start living the good life, then this weekly conversational podcast is for you. I've got a link to it in the show notes, readtoleadpodcast.com slash 290. That's readtoleadpodcast.com slash 290. Tom and Ariana Sylvester are lifestyle builders, entrepreneurs, and business consultants. Together, they have built three successful businesses, enabling them both to leave their jobs in their early 30s. And this has allowed them to design and create their ideal lifestyle, which they now help others do as well via their Lifestyle Builders podcast, coaching programs, and their brand new book. That book we're talking about today is called Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Quit Your Job, and Live Your Ideal Lifestyle. Tom and Ariana, welcome officially to the Read to Lead podcast. Glad to have you here. Thanks so much for having us. We're so excited. Thank you. Well, uh, Tom, I'll start with with you, if that's okay. Usually it's ladies first world, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. I'm not offended. (laughs) Well, well, talk a bit about where you were, Tom, mentally after college uh, and and why you felt so strongly about figuring out a different than than the typical uh, path for you and your family going forward. Yeah, well, uh, basically... Prior and kind of leading up to college, you know, my parents had been um, divorced when I was 12 and I had a couple of siblings and, you know, we had different stuff going on. And uh, ultimately, my mother got into debt. And so one of the things leading into college was like, I I don't want to get into a lot of debt and I don't want to kind of repeat some of those same challenges. And so fast forward a couple of years, you know, I had met Ariana the first day of college. And as we were getting ready to graduate, I was like, oh, man, we did exactly what I didn't want to do. We both had, you know, student loans own debt. Uh, we had gotten into credit card debt. And as we were looking forward to graduate, uh, neither of us had jobs. 
And I just didn't like the path forward because as I started looking at for Ariana's job, we would have to relocate, which she didn't want to do. And for my job, I was like, man, I didn't really plan this out too well. My job was going to consist of sitting in a cubicle and working with computers. And that wasn't the life I wanted for us and for our future family in the next 45 years. And so I basically said, you know what, let's do something different. Let's, you know, set a goal to retire by 35. And I had no idea how we were going to make that happen, but I figured it was long enough to let me figure it out, uh, but not so long that we were going to miss out on life and all the things that we wanted to have, you know, during that time. What, one of the things I like about the book is each section begins with Tom's take and then Ariana's take, or as my wife would say, <laughs> Jeff's take and then the truth. <laughs> but I'm not saying that's the case here necessarily. But to you, Ariana, what were some of the, the things you guys tried business-wise in the early going in, in an attempt to, to make a go of this idea? Yeah, Tom kind of dove in with this whole retire by 35 concept and was like, now I have to figure out how I'm going to do that. And he was just, he was researching, he was trying to figure things out. I remember he tried to like, look into the stock market. And mm. after maybe a couple of weeks, he was like, that is way too hard. And we don't have enough money to really invest in that. So kind of threw that out the window. You know, he kind of just tried a lot of different things. And he would hear about something and then be like, okay, I'm going to check that out. <laughs> and I was to be honest, I was a little bit oblivious of mm. all of that going on. Because for me, I, I like to call it, I had that like rose colored pair of sunglasses on mm. where we had graduated college and we were moving into a house together. Uh, we were going to get married. He had proposed before we left our apartment. So I kind of was a little bit oblivious to most of the things that he was trying. But the one that I do remember is he really wanted to get into real estate. And his idea was to buy a duplex and have us live in one side mm. and rent out the other side. And that was a big old no from me. <laughs> that, that, is, that was not how you saw the, the, the marriage beginning. For no, sure. that was not part of the five year plan. <laughs> well, Tom and Ariana divide the book into into six sections as they break down how this works for them. The first of which is called planning with a purpose. Tom, to you, what, what are some of the key elements to purposely planning for the kind of lifestyle you want to live? Yeah, you know, the, the biggest one that we always start with is starting with the end in mind. Mm. And this is something, you know, from Stephen Covey, and it is really so important. And when we look at people that, you know, have built the lifestyle they want and are really successful, they usually have a vision of what they want the future to look like. And then they reverse engineer that to then say, okay, you know, what needs to be in place? What things do we have to do? And then most importantly, who do we have to be in order to make that happen? And so early on, we weren't doing that. But once we started doing that, it was then like we describe it like GPS. Hmm. You know, we had a starting point for where we were at. We had a destination for where we wanted to go. And then we built a roadmap of how we thought we were going to get there. And then just like GPS, the most important thing is that you're checking in along the way and adjusting. So what most people don't do is they don't really ever think about what they want the future to look like. And what ends up happening is that years go by. And when they look at where they're at versus where they want to be, it's very far apart because they weren't able to make intentional decisions day to day to make sure that they were moving in the right direction. Mm. So, so many people I talk to on this topic are so convinced that not having a job is just not possible. I, I did a summit back in the spring called the Boss Free Virtual Summit. Um, and I've said this to a couple of other recent guests. I wish I knew you guys then because you would have been great guests for that summit. So if there's ever a redo, 
Um, I'll be sure <laughs> and have you back. But but the question often is, can, you know, can we really leave our jobs? Is it truly possible, Ariana, for anyone who desires to do this to actually make it happen? You know, to be honest, it it is. But there's a lot of mindset shifts mm. that kind of have to come along the way before that can happen 100%. And I say that being the one who had to go through most of those mindset shifts. Um, because as we started, you know, we talked about the whole real estate thing. We eventually did get into real estate, but I say we, and I really mean Tom got into real estate and I was just kind of along for the ride. For a long time, I didn't see how him leaving his job was 100% possible because obviously there was two of us. We started having kids. I was able to leave my job early because we decided that me staying home was one of the things that we wanted for our family. Um, but then it was kind of like, okay, now we're living off of one income. That makes it even harder to leave a job. And that was one of the things that we really worked at together as we were building out these businesses and talking through some of this stuff. It's like, what, what does it take to leave a job? And it was a lot of planning it was a lot of talking through, you know, how is how is that going to change our life if we could leave our leave your job at some point? What are the things we would need to have in place when we are ready to finally do that? So it is completely 100% possible, but I will say it's not as easy as a lot of people in the entrepreneur industry like to make it look when you hear all the success stories of like, I made a million dollars in six months and I left my job and it's amazing. So it is, it is 100% possible, um, but it, it takes a lot of work. It takes knowing what your end goal is and it takes being intentional. Yeah. And there's, um, there's a thing we talk about called your freedom number. And mm -hmm. basically this is the amount of money that you need to be bringing in you know, from other sources in order to basically replace your job and cover your expenses. And the key thing is your freedom number is different for everybody. Some people have a really low one because they don't have a lot of expenses and that's their lifestyle. Some people have a much higher one. And there's really this, this key lesson I learned and I shared it in the, at the end, end of the book, which is really around you have complete control over what that number is. But the challenge most of us get into is that, you know, we, we start buying things and we start increasing what our monthly expenses are. And over time, we feel like we have these golden handcuffs of where, you know, it looks like from the outside, we have a really good lifestyle, but we're actually not happy and we're kind of stuck. But the beautiful thing about that, I call it the false golden handcuffs, because at the end of the day, you have complete control over that. And for most people, they don't realize if they made a couple shifts in, let's say, their living situation, situation, the, the vehicles they have, some of the bigger expenses, they can actually leave their job a lot sooner. They just haven't realized that that's what's ultimately holding them back. Yeah. And to your point, Ariana, I think a lot of uh, entrepreneurs tout strategies and tactics unique to their situation. And mm. what I like about what you guys have done is, is you're presenting uh, what you've learned in a way that anyone can, can apply these no matter their situation, I think. Well, uh, talk a bit about, uh, Tom, if you would, the concept of laying out your runway is, is, is how I think you frame it. Don't you just take a leap and just jump into this? <laughs> you know, that's that's one of uh, the things that when either of us hear it, it just kind of we, we just cringe <laughs> because there's this there's this notion out there that entrepreneurs, you know, are risk takers. And there's this thing like just jump off the cliff and, you know, build your plane on the way down. Well, the challenge is if, you know, you don't have enough 
runway on the way down to build your plane, you're going to crash into the ground like a, a wily e. Coyote thing. Right. <laughs> and so what we actually tell people is, you know, being an entrepreneur is actually about taking calculated risks and you actually don't want to take risk. You want to actually reduce risk. And especially when you look at your responsibilities, you know, if you're in a relationship, if you have kids, you have certain things where you have a different scenario than somebody who's, let's say, young and single and doesn't have debt. Mm. So what you have to understand is ultimately, what do you need to make you know that happen? And so what we define is basically saying your ideal situation is you leave your job when your income from outside of your job covers your expenses. But for a lot of people, they want to leave before then. So what we do is we basically help them look at, all right, based on how much money your business or investments are making, how much savings you have, if you left your job today, how much time would you have to replace that income? And the longer time you have, the better off you're going to be. And most people don't realize that it's going to take longer to build your business and replace that income than you probably think. One of the biggest parts of laying out the runway for me was I was that spouse that at first I wasn't really on board with Mm. this business and like, you're going to leave your job. (laughs) And we come across so many people that want to change, that want to start building a business, that want to like have that different lifestyle, but they have a lot of trouble getting their spouse on board Mm. because like me, they're very risk averse and changing up, you know, the tr- from the traditional path and doing things differently can be very scary. So that that concept of laying out your runway is actually a really good part of helping to get your spouse on board because you're telling them, hey, look, this is where we want to end up. But before we get to that point, here's all the things that I've laid out. Here's the plan for how I'm going to slowly but surely replace my own income before I do anything crazy like leave my job. So it really helps with that that whole getting the spouse on board piece. Well, uh, let's say I'm convinced I want to make this transition at some point. Where do I begin with generating ideas? Ariana, are there specific questions I, I should be asking myself? Yeah, I mean, obviously, one of the biggest ones is filling out that life planner and kind of deciding what you want your life to look like. Because as you know, there are a million different business models or types of businesses that you could could start. So you really want to make sure that before you just jump in and do something that sounds good, you kind of keep that end goal in mind. And then, you know, we walk through a lot of exercises within the book for brainstorming. There's the icky guy. Hopefully I'm pronouncing that right. I could not find anything online to tell me how to pronounce that. Um, But it talks about, you know, like, what are your passions? What does the world need? What are people willing to pay for? What are your skills? What are you good at? And then kind of those in-between spots that you could potentially step into an area that, you know, something that you're good at and also the world needs. There you go. There's a business idea. So there's a lot of different exercises that you can do to brainstorm. Um, But what I would definitely keep in mind is making sure that what you're picking is going to allow you to make enough money for the lifestyle that you want. And again, allow you to reach that end result. You don't want to pick something that's going to make you a ton of money, but make you work 80 hours a week if your end goal is to spend more time with your spouse and children. Yeah. So obviously the the big piece is make sure that the business model supports your ideal lifestyle. So for some people, if they want to travel a lot, you've got to make sure you're picking a business and you're going to be able to structure in a way that will allow that. Um, And then, you know, beyond that, you can look at, you know, what, what skills do you have? A lot of us end up creating businesses that solve problems that we couldn't find a solution for. So Mm -hmm. we end up 
mm-hmm. creating it. It can also be, you know, looking at who are the, the groups of people that you really want to help out. Because if you understand those groups of people, you can find what problems they're facing that aren't solved in the market today. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different ways to do it. The key is really sitting down and thinking about all the possibilities and making sure they align before you just jump in, think you have the best idea in the world and go with it. <laughs> well, to that, and I'll point this to you, Tom, what advice would you give beyond that for, for ensuring an effective launch once, once you have hammered out uh, an idea that you think is viable? Well, first I'll tell you what most of us do that doesn't work, and then we'll talk about what we should be doing. (laughs) So most of us get an idea, and we think it's the best in the world. We maybe share it with a couple friends or whatever, and they all say, yeah, that's great. And then we go and build the entire thing, and we build the ultimate version of it, and we think it covers everything, and then we try to sell it, and we struggle. And I mean, we did this several times uh, until Mm -hmm. we really figured it out. And what we realized as we started looking at companies that did this well was they actually did it in reverse. They said, well, let's start with a hypothesis, just like, you know, an eighth grade science class. Let's start with a hypothesis and then go and test it. So usually the hypothesis is I think this group of people have this problem and this is the solution they're willing to pay for it. And then we go and talk to those people. Mm -hmm. And what we really want to do is deeply understand the customer and the audience that we're going to be working with. And we actually want to sell them on the solution before we get too deep into creating it. And the number one thing when I say this to people is they're like, well, how can I sell something I don't have? And I said, well, imagine if you had it in front of you, how would you sell it then? You know, So we want to really be making sure that people are willing to buy this. And the best way to do that isn't just assuming that they say, oh yeah, I would love that. I would buy it if it was there. It was like, okay, well, if that's true, let's actually have you buy this now or put some money down. Because one, we then are proving that people need this. And two, this is actually a really good way to partially or fully fund your business, actually having your future customers pay you to then develop that product or service. Mm, I, I joke with folks that that I sold my first online course that way, uh, selling it before actually creating it, not because I was smart, but because I was lazy. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I had a I had a professor in college who um, I got called up into the front of the class like early on, and I was all worried because everyone else came in with like a stack of papers, and I just had one. Mm. And uh, he called me lazy, and I was like, "Oh crap!" And then he's like, "That's actually a really good thing because where everyone else took all this time, you were looking for the shortcut." And he goes, "That's going to serve you well." <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I realized several years ago that as I began my first side hustle that would eventually grow into a full fledged business, I needed some shortcuts. I needed some help. I needed someone to step in and handle aspects of my business I wasn't prepared to do. And I found a godsend in FreshBooks cloud accounting software, and they've been a part of my business now for over 10 years. When I say shortcut, I mean that FreshBooks makes things so much easier, so much faster. I spend far less time on the accounting side of my business than I ever thought possible. It would not be possible without the help of FreshBooks cloud accounting software. And I highly recommend you consider it for your side hustle or business. And you can do that without obligation, without risk, free for 30 days when you sign up for their trial. It's easy to do. You just go to freshbooks.com slash read to lead. That's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Take it for a test drive. Try out every aspect of the software, every feature. See if you like it. See if it's right for you. And if it is, great. If not, 
No hard feelings. Freshbooks.com slash read to lead and enter read to lead in the how did you hear about us section, by the way. Again, that's freshbooks.com slash read to lead. Well, uh, now to you, Ariana. What have you managed to learn about having uh, good systems in place that you can use to easily scale your business? Yeah. So a lot of people, if you've heard Tom talk on any podcast before, you will know that he is a systems guy. So when we first started getting into the real estate business and then we opened our wine and liquor store, putting systems in place was something that was really important for us to be able to continue running those businesses well while adding other businesses on top of them. So with our wine and liquor store, a lot of people are actually really surprised because they assume that we work there. <laughs> um, so when we first opened, they'd be like, oh, I'm going to be down in, in town. Are you guys going to be at the store? And we'd be like, no, we, we don't work there. And they're like, don't? <laughs> no, we hired people. We have a team. We put systems in place so everybody knows what they need to be doing and when. And we have communication systems with them. We have um, operating procedures and everything all in place so that that business continues running whether or not we are there. And he's also brought a lot of systems into our house as well in our life. So systems are kind of how we function. Yeah. I mean, basically what it comes down to is we never want to solve the same problem twice. And as you're going to scale a business and really create a business that then allows you to live your ideal lifestyle, what it comes down to is this, this question that I always ask is what needs to be true for this business to run day to day without us being there. Mm. And Ariana mentioned the wine and liquor store. We actually had to ask that question and make it happen because I was working a full-time job. So I physically couldn't be there. Mm. And so it's that mindset of, you know, asking that question, we then define, all right, well, what needs to be done? Uh, what systems need to be in place to support that? And then what team members need to be in place to operate those systems? And so by thinking that way, we're always thinking about how do we design this so that we're not having to be there? Even if early on we're maybe playing some of those roles, we know that we can continuously get stuff off of our plate and then use automation and use delegation of hiring and building great teams so that the businesses can run and we don't have to be involved day to day. Mm, love it. Okay, so so now I'm ready to quit to officially leave my job. What are some pitfalls, Tom, to, to look out for or, or be aware of? I'm actually going to sneak in on this okay. one because this was a lot of the the a lot of the things that kind of were points of discussion for us before Tom left his job eventually. And one of the biggest things that we've noticed with talking to other entrepreneurs was that they didn't initially realize that what they made in the business was not completely theirs to take home. Mm. So we've talked to a lot of people who ended up having a lot of problems because when they left their job and they were working their business full time, they didn't realize that they had to set aside money to pay taxes. <laughs> and as we all know, that can come back and bite you right in the butt. <laughs> so, you know, it was kind of this concept of people don't know what they don't know about when you don't work for an employer anymore, what changes. So we talk a lot about that in the book, like what is on your paycheck from a W-2 job changes when you become an entrepreneur and you really have to be aware of what taxes you're going to owe. And obviously you have expenses that your business has to pay. So making sure that yes, you are paying yourself, but that you're also taking care of the business, which is why we love the profit first concept by Mike Michalowicz. Mm. And then also a lot of people don't realize the insurance struggle. If you are somebody who's your spouse is staying in their job and you get, you have their insurance, then you're, that's great. You're amazing. You're in a really good place. <laughs> but at some point, if both of you 
leave your jobs, taking care of health insurance is a really big struggle. And we still see people trying to figure this out, even now with all of the options that are out there. And it's so costly. And I think that's one of the biggest things that people don't realize is when you leave your job, it's going to kind of flip flop. You know, there's some things you have to worry about less, but there's other things you have to worry about more. Yeah. And and the other thing, too. So there's a lot of those technical pieces. And like Ariana said, we we try to cover as much of that in the book. The other piece that we find is often surprising to people is the mindset shift and the mental piece of Mm -hmm. going from an employee to an entrepreneur, because as an employee, you know, you're you're part of a team. uh, You're responsible for your piece of it. You've got a consistent paycheck coming in every two weeks. Um, There's other people that take responsibility if stuff comes up. And now when you're, you know, full time entrepreneur, you're responsible for everything you're now responsible for your schedule. You've got to be motivated. If you haven't built a team yet, or let's say you're working from home, uh, it can get lonely. Uh, Your friends and family might have their own (laughs) thoughts that they're going to be sharing with you, which may not be as positive. So um, there's a lot that comes up in that transition and as awesome it is, and you should definitely celebrate when you do make that move. You also have to realize that you're transitioning from one piece to another. And there is a lot that you go through. And that's why we always tell people like, make sure you have support because we all need support on this journey. And the, the more successful you become and the more changes you go through as you start to really level up and get into different spaces, the more support we all need to make sure that, you know, we're staying healthy and grounded as we go through that. Don't even get me started on healthcare. Um, the, the, <laughs> the, the, the fact that, that healthcare benefits in 2019 is still tied to traditional employment, I think is quickly becoming an, an outdated concept, but that's all I'll, I'll say about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about self-sabotage. Uh, Tom and Ariana title the last section of the book, Stop Self-Sabotage, and the first chapter in, in that section, why you won't follow anything in this book. Tell me a bit about this. So why did you title the chapter that? And, and, and what have you seen in regard to self-sabotage that, that really impacts a lot of people? Yeah, well, you know, it's it's kind of crazy when we take a step back and look at everything that's available to us today. I mean, amazing podcasts like, you know, the one that we're on right now, um, the oh. amount of free information out there, <laughs> books, right? And authors that are sharing so much information and technology, right? Like we literally have everything at our fingertips to make it the easiest time in history to build a business, to design your own lifestyle. And yet when you look around, more people are, you know, sad or, you know, depressed or frustrated as ever. And even though we have all these resources, most people don't take advantage. And what we found through working with just a lot of entrepreneurs, the ones that make it and the ones that don't, is they're the biggest bottleneck, right? And usually it comes down to their mindset and how they're approaching it, whether they're approaching it as get rich quick and it doesn't work, so they give up. Whether they think that just because they had a couple failures um, doesn't mean they're not going to be able to make this work, or because they're so focused on building this business that they're kind of missing out on the life. So what we really wanted to convey to people is that, look, everything you just read and all the time you've spent learning all everything else, it doesn't matter at all if you're not willing to take the next step and really commit every day to moving in the direction and really being the person that's going to help you succeed. And so we really just wanted to make that clear because look, it's great that you just read this book, 
reading the book was the easy part. Mm-hmm. The hard part <laughs> is then implementing what's there and making sure that like three months, six months, a year, two years down the road, when things get tough and when you hit some of those failures, that you have a big enough vision and important enough why to go through with it. I take exception with the with the quote. I don't know who first said it. Knowledge is power. I think it's action taken mm. on that knowledge that's truly power. Execution mm-hmm. is power, right? Absolutely. That's why we tell people we're like, look, you know, one of my favorite quotes. I had a high school basketball teacher say, uh, "Championships are not won on the night of the big game, mm. but years before by athletes that dedicate themselves to championship principles daily." And I think that just sums up business, life, and everything else. Is we all hear the the movie or the magazine article or the news story about this entrepreneur that built this great business or whatever else, but what we often don't see is the years of failure and struggle and everything else that that entrepreneur went through. And as a result of that, so many people just think it's going to happen overnight and they get frustrated when it doesn't happen on the first or second try. And they don't realize that the people they're looking at had a lot more tries and they just stuck with it. Well, in the time we have left, I do have a couple of questions I want to ask the two of you that aren't directly related to the book. But before we do that, anything else from the book either one of you want us uh, to walk away with? No, I think we covered it pretty well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, uh, think about the, the, speaking of books, as you were a moment ago, Tom, the books that you've read the last few years or over the course of your career that you would say had a big impact on you, uh, either one of you, and share if you would, um, how or why they impacted you as they did. Yeah, you know, there's been a, a bunch over the years, but one recently that's really impacted me, and I wish I would have read it earlier, was uh, Principles by Ray Dalio. Mm. And the reason I say that is the, the first part of the book is all around kind of his story and how he came up with a lot of these. And the whole second half is around basically his approach to life and business. And um, I mean, he's done really well in both regards there. And for me, it like I was reading it and I was like, man, I could have written this book. And for me, it was a lot of confirmation on what we had learned over our journey. And what I've seen by having other people read this book is that it really gives them some good principles to design their life and business by. And that's really what we're all looking for. You know, there's new strategies and tactics and everything else that comes out. But if you truly understand the principles and apply those to your situation, it is crazy what you can do. I am currently reading that same book. <laughs> awesome. On page 298 of 551 pages. <laughs> yeah, it, it is a beast. <laughs> Go ahead, Ariane. Were you going to add one? Yeah. Yeah. For me, I actually always find this question funny because I am a huge reader. But when people find out what types of books I read, they're kind of like, oh, (laughs) I don't usually typically read um, business books. Mm -hmm. So in the space of the couple years, uh, probably a lot of years, I think I've only read what, like two? Yeah, it's only been... I can count them on one hand. (laughs) I usually just make Tom give me the cliff notes because my (laughs) preference for reading is pleasure reading and I tend to read um, science fiction and fantasy Ah, novels. But this year, I actually got inspired to step out of my comfort zone and maybe change the story I was telling myself in my head that I, quote unquote, don't read business books or self Uh, personal development Mm. books. And um, I watched Brene Brown's special on Mm. Netflix. And I was like, holy crap, how have I not (laughs) known she existed? And why didn't I read her books? 
So um, that inspired me to go and pick up some of hers. And Tom had actually already had one on the shelf. Surprise, surprise. He has <laughs> all the books you could probably ever think of. So I got to read Daring Greatly. And that just kind of opened my eyes to what is possible for me mm. to shift in my own mind, to change my own ways of thinking. And um, it just really helped me work through a lot of some of that personal development stuff because I struggled a lot with guilt, uh, mm. mom guilt, as we've kind of moved through this journey and other people's outside expectations. Um, so reading Brene, she, she talks to you like she's in the room. Um, she uses factual knowledge to back up everything that she talks about in the book, which for me is a, a huge plus. And um, she just made it really fun and easy to understand. So... I love that story, and I so identify with it. Seth Godin was that catalyst for me. I, I left college going, <laughs> gee, thank goodness all that learning's done, and I don't have to do that anymore, <laughs> and didn't read for 10 years until I stumbled across Seth Godin and 10 years later launched this podcast. And by the way, Ariana, uh, I'd like to recommend Read to Lead in the future when you want to get through a book in less time. Just yeah. just saying. <laughs> 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 uh, do you guys do uh, any consistent or regular public speaking? Yeah, I've, I've done a bunch. And what's been interesting is we've actually started doing some speaking together over the last couple of years. Yeah, yeah, it's it's going, it's coming. It's a little harder to speak together because we're both very different styles, and Tom likes mm. to just go off the cuff in the middle of the <laughs> presentation, like go on a side tangent. <laughs> I, I did a first sort of co-led talk, the only one I've ever done last year, and and it turned out much better than I anticipated. What what has that process been like uh, for you guys? What have you learned that's different about other than what you've already stated? about doing one together versus maybe doing it solo. Yeah, well, I, I think the key, regardless of whether it's together or solo, is um, just like we talked about before, start with the end in mind. Like The thing I always look at is when somebody's going to be listening to a podcast or in the audience or reading a book, what's the transformation we want them to go through? And if we know that one thing, we can then structure you know, the presentation really around that. And to that point, it's really like, how can you make that memorable? Because more often than not, people have really good content, but they're just not delivering it in a way that is like getting people not looking at their phones or, you know, to stay engaged. And oftentimes it's really starting it out differently, like something that's unexpected for people, whether it's like starting in the middle of a story or whether it's really something that's going to captivate them and then using that story all the way through. Mm -hmm. Because like early on, I was going to a lot of tech conferences and a lot of people were smart, but it was all data and it wasn't enough stories to get people to care. So mm -hmm. when you start with the end in mind and when you're crafting those stories in, people now see how what you're teaching and sharing actually applies because that story shows it to them. Yeah. And I think Tom and I doing it together, obviously we can tell the same stories on our own. Mm -hmm. They might, they might hit just as well. You know, people will hopefully connect with them. But when we do it together, there's something about having both perspectives on stage and having us both there to share our pieces and parts of the story. Just like the book, it kind of opens up um, a lot more of that ability to connect with everybody in the audience. Um, and what we've typically found is that people in the audience are either connecting with Tom's story and they're like, oh my God, that's me. <laughs> or they're connecting with me. Like maybe it's a spouse who got dragged to this conference and they're like, hey, that's me up there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, with the book just out, I, I know that uh, your immediate future is going to include a lot of interviews like this one and, and getting the word out about it. Beyond that, what would you say is ahead for you guys or you and your team that, that you're currently excited about or, or looking forward to? When, when we started down this journey, 
the first focus was really just on us and taking care of our family. Mm. And I think that's where most entrepreneurs are starting. It's like, I just want to make enough money so that we can live the lifestyle we want. And this weird thing kind of happens is you get to that point and you're like, okay, well now what? Like, what's my purpose beyond this? And for us, what we found was people really started reaching out, asking how they could do what we were able to do. And so that shifted us into lifestyle builders, into the podcast, into the book. And so what we're really excited about going forward is like, oh my gosh, there are so many people that aren't happy with their life and aren't happy with their jobs and don't even realize that there's these other paths out there. And so, you know, I've got more books that I'm writing. We'll see if we can get Ariana <laughs> into a couple more of them. Um, but it's, it's really just like now, how can we help as many people as possible? And with the ability to have podcasts and books and, and all the technology we have, uh, it's going to be really exciting going forward to just, you know, every time we're at a conference or, you know, we get an email from somebody and they're like, oh my gosh, thank you. You've changed our lives. Mm. That pumps us up more than like yep. anything else. Yes. <laughs> um, and lastly, uh, tell me a bit about this imprint that your your book is, is coming out on in your relationship with the man behind that imprint. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's through Dan Miller of 48 Days. I, like many people, had been following Dan's stuff and I had the opportunity to meet him at a conference. And it was funny. Uh, I sat in on a, a presentation that he did or a panel and then we were walking back to the hotel and I just saw him and we just struck up a conversation. And I said, you know, Dan, I'm a fan of your work. Obviously, you've written a lot of books, you're coaching. Uh, my wife and I are actually writing our first book. You know, do you have any guidance? Obviously gave me some really good tips. And then he turned it around and he said, you know, tell me a little bit about the book. And through that conversation, he pulled a sheet out of his uh, notebook and said, hey, you know, uh, I love what you guys are doing. I think there's a huge need for this. Uh, let's see if we can get you published. And so mm. up until that point, we were just going <laughs> to self-publish and, and put it out on our own. And then that started not only, um, you know, a lot of opportunity for the book and being able to work with Dan, but also then being able to build a closer relationship and get more understanding of how he views life and business. And it's to me kind of like Ray Dalio, like we had him and Joanne on our podcast, mm -hmm. really sharing a lot of their experiences. They just celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. Mm -hmm. And there were just so much insights that we were gleaning and we're like, you know, this is going to really help guide our future as we go forward. Yeah, two of the most generous people, Dan and Joanne, I think you'll you'll ever meet for sure. And I have the good fortune to just live 20 minutes away from him. So I, <laughs> I, I, we run into each other quite a bit, probably more often than he would like, actually. <laughs> well, the book again is called Lifestyle Builders, Build Your Business, Quit Your Job and Live Your Ideal Lifestyle. It's Tom and Ariana Sylvester. Guys, thank you so much for being here and taking time out of your schedule to do this. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having us on Jeff. We're just so excited to share this book out there and so love that, you know, you took the time to go through what it was about with us. Absolutely. Thank you. For more on Tom and Ariana and to check out the links they shared, visit readtoleadpodcast.com slash 290. That's 290. Readtoleadpodcast.com slash 290 for episode 290. Hey, if you have questions, feedback, or comments about the podcast, I'd love for you to reach out to me directly. My email address, jeff at readtoleadpodcast.com. If you're looking for the perfect accounting solution for your side hustle or business, check out the free trial from FreshBooks Cloud Accounting Software. You can do that at freshbooks.com slash readtolead. That does it for this time around. Hope to see you next time for the next episode of the Read to Lead podcast. Until then, remember, leaders read and readers lead. Thank you.